0: Hey, this is Kyle Papano. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, uh, this morning, uh, I hope you brought your Bibles. If you did, uh, would you pull them out, whether that is your uh, your physical copy or your digital copy. I'm going to be all over the place today. Um, I was telling Pastor Barbara earlier, I think this is the single most scripture-filled message I've ever preached. Um, so just hang tight with me. But it's funny that we're talking about say it, how to pray. <laughs> I, I didn't tell Pastor Phil my message title earlier, so he had no, no idea that that's where we were going. But I want to open with, um, I'd like to open with James chapter 5. <laughs> Verse 16, and it says this, the effective, uh, the effective or fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that means, like, do you guys use avail? Is that a normal thing, a normal part of your vocabulary? It avails much? Well, it means it gets a bunch of stuff done. <laughs> That's what avail means. So it says the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Your attitude is way more important as it pertains to the will of God than your location or circumstance, so you can rejoice and be glad in any circumstance. How many would love to know what God's will is for your life? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. There it is. It says it right there, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. It is crazy that if we will read this thing, it will tell us exactly what we need to know. What is God's will for your life? I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a, 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 a chiropractor. I'm going to be a lawyer. But praise God for all that. That's not, that's not the will that he's talking about here. He's saying, I want to birth something in you. I want to put something in you, instill it in you so that when you become a doctor, a chiropractor, a lawyer, a, a clerk at Target, whatever it is, you can rejoice always. You can pray constantly, continually, and then you can give thanks in all circumstances. I'll be real with you. There have been some things this week that I had to give thanks in that I didn't want to give thanks in. Anybody else have that? Cool. I thought I was alone there for a second. Um, my message this morning is called Say It, How to Pray. So, Father, I pray that you would use this time. I thank you that you're already moving. Let us hear your voice now. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, we, I know we've, we've spent a lot of time in, in worship and prayer, and I think that that is super valuable, so I am not apologizing for the time that we've spent. But I would like to welcome those of you who are joining us online. Thank you for being with us. Guys, will you help me say what's up? To the online crowd, man, we are so glad that you are here. And for those of you uh, who I haven't gotten the chance to meet yet, uh, my name is Kyle Papadopoulos I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, and I want to welcome you to our weekend worship experience. Um, if you are watching online, would you do me a favor? Cameron, is that my camera right there? All right, I'm going to be super intentional about this. Will you do me a favor and share this experience? I'll tell you why. It's not to get my face on someone else's feet. <laughs> Please, I do not need that. But they need to hear what God has to say today. And I'm just believing that God has something for every single one of us. And I know that this is our portal right now through time. God is not bound by time. And so he can use this in the months and years to come. But if you would share that experience. And then um, I, I just, I feel like there are some times in our lives that we go through things and it's like, man, I need to hear from God. And I'll just be real with you. This week has been one of those things for me. I need to hear from God. I have had this um. I don't like using big words, but like insatiable need to hear from God. It's like being hungry. Uh, I had some barbecue this week, and I was hungry for barbecue all day before I ate the barbecue. I feel that same thing about hearing from God. Like I need, I need the ribeye in the sky to speak to me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, but I, I want to hear from God. And one of the best ways that he does speak to his kids is through prayer. The other way that he speaks through, or to us is through his word. And I want to show you that those two things are not mutually exclusive, that they go hand in hand today. Um, but I want to tell you a story first. I remember years and years and years ago when I was like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Maybe that starts around 14 or 15. Mondays stressed me out. Anybody anybody get stressed by Mondays? I get stressed out by, by like... Saturdays now, those, those swished, but Mondays are my day off. But as a kid, those were the days that they handed out the spelling words. Yeah, some of you just got where I was going with this. Uh, they handed out the spelling words list, and, and we had to do this thing at our house where, uh, you know, we'd get the list, bring it home on, on Mondays, and we'd have to spell our spelling word, like write them out five times on Mondays. And then we had to do it four times on Tuesdays, and three times on Wednesdays, and twice on Thursdays, and then Friday was the test. So five, four, three, two, one. Very ingenious parenting on my parents' part. Way to go, guys. Uh, And it stressed me out every Monday because I just, I I hate taking tests. It drives me crazy to take tests. But you know what's funny is, is when I wrote the words five times, four times, three, two, one, I got less and less. Anxious each week. I got less and less anxious each week because I learned a discipline in my life to write these words. And it became very rare for any one of us kids to get less than an A on a spelling test. Am I right? So every morning on our way to school, like Mondays, obviously we came home with our list and we wrote our words out. But every morning on our way to school, my dad would pull out notebooks in his old Jeep and he would hand us the different notebooks, and he would have his three lists of words for each one of us kids, and he would give us the word to write down in our, in our notebook so that we could do it on the way to school, kill two birds with one, one stone, commute and do homework. But my dad, my dad's kind of a, a, a he, he's a systems guy. He's got things that just work in his mind, and so he said this every single day, almost every single day of elementary school, I'm going to give you your word, you're going to say it, you're gonna spell it, then you're gonna say it. We had to, and so he would say the word, then we would say the word, then we would spell the word out loud, and then we would say the word. Um, word is uh, uh, like, like, l i k e, like, just like a spelling bee. Okay, so that was our that was our repetition that we did all of all of the days of of the week except for Fridays. Well, it turned out that that is something that helped me, not just in spelling, but it actually helps me in test-taking. It helps me in studying. Uh, I, I had to take these tests, by the way. Some of you don't realize. We had to take these tests without autocorrect. Yeah, these were paper and pencil kind of deals. I don't know if they still do. Do, do they still do spelling tests? Okay, well, uh, I'll pray for some of y'all because those are unkind um, but I think this is where a lot of people are when it comes to prayer. You think, like you like the idea of it. Like I like the idea of getting an A on my spelling test, but I don't like the work that leads up to it. So you, you like the idea of prayer. Shoot, you like hearing people pray. You, you, you like hearing me pray over you. But my question to you is this, and, I, and, I, and I'm curious if you would answer this in your own head. How much time have you spent in prayer this week? Minutes-wise, I, I, my, my guess is that people in here would say less than five minutes a day. In fact, the average pastor in America five years ago would have said, I prayed only seven minutes today. And that's just not enough. It's just not enough. In fact, will you throw the verse back up? It says, rejoice always. Pray continually. That is a command, not a suggestion. And it's not, wait a second. No, no, no. There's a comma there, not a period. It's not like pray continually until your prayer gets answered. It's pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. God's will for you is for you to pray. He wants to hear you pray. One of the things that I think our generation freaks out about is doing anything for too long. And so when we see something that like pray without ceasing, we start freaking out. So I guess I should ask this. What is prayer? Well, prayer is interacting with God through spontaneous, individual, and unorganized form of petitioning and thank you thanking. In these instances, the act of praying is a method of changing a situation for the better. Prayer is a two-way conversation between God and his people. Check this out. Every great thing God will do in your life and every great thing God will do through your life will be connected to prayer. Period. You want to see God move in your life? Pray about it. Do you need wisdom? Pray about it. That's been my main prayer this week. God, I need wisdom. I need, I need you to do something miraculous. Come through for us. Pray about it. Most people here pray without ceasing and think I'm already out. I have no way of praying without ceasing. So if you're thinking about it, uh, how, do we, how do we pray without ceasing? I'm going to give you some tips right now. You Ready? Pull out your phone. If you've got uh, the notes app, if you've got an actual pen and paper, I want you to write notes today uh, because I think it's going to help you. Here's how you pray without ceasing. If you're thinking about it, pray about it. If you're worried about it, pray about it. If you're stressed about it, pray about it. If you're talking about it, pray about it. That's how you pray without ceasing. And it really is this simple. If you are thinking about it, pray about it. That's the best way to pray without ceasing. If you're fighting over it, pray about it. If you're going through it, pray about it. If it fills your mind, let it come out of your mouth as a form of a prayer. God, I'm I'm dropping my kid off at school, and and I'm worried that they are going to be bullied. Protect my child. You made that child, and I thank you that you are a protector and a provider. But God, I also pray that my kid would not be the bully. (laughs) I also pray that you would bless the teachers because, Lord, you know my kids. You know they need some patience in those teachers. Will you give those teachers a raise and some patience, please? If it fills your mind, let it come out of your mouth as prayer. If you're thinking about it, pray about it. That is praying without ceasing. It's funny, when I, when I think about the things that I worry about, I tend to spiral. I'm, I love seeing best case scenario. That is a beautiful place to be in my mind. Simultaneously as a leader, a lot of times I have to think about worst case scenario. Hey, this is the intended outcome of this event. This is the intended outcome of this message. What's the worst case scenario as well? <laughs> What if, what if we, we spend thousands of dollars on a mailer? Best case scenario, we get half a percent of our investment back in people. If we send out a hundred, well, let's say we send out 200 flyers and we get one family to come, that's a win. What's the worst case scenario? We just blew $2,500 sending out 5,000 flyers. That's a worst case scenario. We've got to think about both of these things. But worry tends to cause me to spiral. It goes down and down and down and down. And and it's funny that if you will take those worries and tell God about those worries, prayer is a worry killer. It is very, very difficult to pray and worry simultaneously. Now, I'm not saying that it's, it can't be done. It can be done. You can say, God, I'm very worried about the, the situation at my job. God, I'm very worried about the outcome of my kid's uh, test. I'm very worried about the outcome of my kid's life. Shoot, I worry about that all the time with Levi. God, I'm still worried about what is my kid going to look like when he's 18. Will he be a functioning adult? Will he be a, a Will he be able to work? Will he be able to speak your truth? I want that for him, so I'm worrying about it. I'm praying about it. If you worry about it, pray about it, and then all of a sudden, you start praying, and your faith rises up. That's the way this whole thing works. The same is true with fear. If you fear something, pray it. God, I'm going through this, and I do not want to deal with this. I am fearful that if I say this, it will run them off. I'm fearful that if I do this, I will lose my job. I'm faithful. If I get this, what will they think of me? If I get this, what won't they think of me? Same is true with sin. It's not just your emotions that you need to talk to God about. Go to God and say, I am sinning and I know it. I need you to help me stop sinning. I need help to stop looking at these images. I need help to stop saying these things. I need help to stop criticizing and tearing people down. I need help to stop being lazy. I need help to stop overeating. I need help to raise my kids. If you're sinning, prayer is a sin killer. It's that easy. Because Jesus already died on the cross, and so when you invoke his name, all authority in heaven and on earth comes to your defense and says, I will be there no matter what to help you through this. Prayer is a sin killer. It's funny, E.M. Bowne says this, prayer makes a godly man and puts, him, uh, puts within him the mind of Christ, the mind of humility, of self-surrender, of service, of pity, End of prayer. If we really pray, we will become like God. If we really pray, we will become like God. That doesn't mean we become God, it just means we have more of His heart in us. We have more of His mind available to us. We are in tune with what He needs in and from us. So, my first point is this write this down. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Martin Luther said this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Just can't happen. I don't don't want to sound harsh, so please hear me. Don't call yourself a Christian if you're not praying. (laughs) Because you're not talking to God. You're not becoming more like him. You're not chasing after his will. We, We showed you his will. If you're not praying, don't call yourself a Christian. But if you want to call yourself a Christian, start praying. I I never want this to come across as I'm browbeating people with the Bible. I want you guys to hear the open invitation that we have as Christ followers to talk to him directly about anything and everything, whether you're worried or fearful or sinning, go to God with it. Why is it important that you say it out loud? Well, because we serve a God who speaks out loud. The first thing in Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, and he did it by speaking it. Our God creates things with his words. He creates, he speaks to his people, and he establishes truth with his words. Even the word of God was first spoken to men and then written down. This was not printed from an Epson printer first. This went to men and women like I think of the story of Deborah. She's living her life. She had no idea that the things that God would speak to her would be written down by someone else in this book. And then God inspired people like the, the 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 gospels were written by the apostles. Then you have like Paul who wrote half of the New Testament, maybe more. It was first spoken. So when we pray, say it out loud. Get into a rhythm of speaking it out loud in your room, in your apartment, in your house, in your dorm, like whatever it is, speak it out loud and I'll tell you why. Parents, there's something powerful about your kids hearing your voice pray. It just is. There's something as a child, let me speak to you as a son. I am a son. There is something powerful about hearing my parents pray. Like I just, it feels different. It hits different. But now, as a father, I make sure that my son hears me every day, pray before God. In fact, uh, a couple of months ago, I was holding Levi right before he went to sleep. And Brittany was in the other room, and I just took a couple of minutes, and I started praying over him out loud. And as I prayed, he closed his eyes and fell asleep. There is a peace that comes when you pray out loud. Then I started praying in the Spirit. I started praying in tongues over my son. I'm holding him and I'm praying because when we pray in the spirit, the spirit never misses. He knows what our heart is trying to communicate to God. Even though our vocabulary may fall short, he's able to communicate through us. And I start praying in in tongues over Levi and all of a sudden he cracks a smile. And I started praying in English again. And as soon as I prayed in English, he just, out. Which is great then I started praying in tongues again. And I kid you not, he's asleep and he hears me speaking in tongues. And this childlike faith in him gets bubbled up by what I'm saying, almost as if he can understand word for word what I'm saying. And he begins to smile. When you pray out loud, it changes things. It shifts the atmosphere around it, around us. Our God is a talker. (laughs) If you ask him to speak to you, he will. But think about it this way Jesus never healed anyone, saved anyone, raised anyone, or delivered anyone without using words. So every miracle that came to pass from the, from the life of Jesus was through the mouth of Jesus. Even the woman with the issue of blood who just touched his hem heard his voice. She had heard what he had done in other places, she had heard his words. Every miracle that Jesus ever performed came from his mouth. It might have been the laying on of hands. It might have been spreading mud on people's eyes, but he spoke it. Say it out loud. Our God is a speaking God, and he wants to have a speaking people. Your words have power. Your confessions have power, and they can help overcome the enemy. Now, I am not, hear me, I am not talking about manifesting something. If you're manifesting something that's called demonic, and we need to have a conversation about it, let's pray. I'll pray out loud all over you. I'll lay hands violently on you. I'm kidding. I'm sick and tired of people taking uh, language and appropriating it to mean what they think it should mean. We're not manifesting vibes, people. We are moving in the Holy Spirit. We are not manifesting good things. We are stepping into every good work that Ephesians says he already had for us. This has nothing to do with you. In fact, did you know that your words have so much power? Forgive me. I'm getting... All right, just making sure. Uh, I'm getting fired up here. The The words that you speak have so much power that it can overcome the enemy. Check this out. Revelation 12, 11 says this. They triumphed over him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Prayer is not just a sorting out of your feelings in your head. Your words have more power than your feelings. So speak beyond your feelings, speak beyond your emotions, and pray. God, thank you for doing what you're going to do in my life. I received the work that you did on the cross for my sin. Thank you that I don't have to live in sin. Begin to speak it out loud. Man, I gotta hurry here because I'm only on point number one. Um, if all you can do is pray, help, do it. My youth pastor did it almost every week. He opened the service. He said, everybody who knows this prayer, say it with me. Dear Lord, help, amen. If that's all that you remember, say it. Speak it out loud. I know that this morning when things got going rough, we had to stop the setup. We got together and prayed. It was like, man, it just feels like something's off. And I know why, because this word needs to be heard by you. And and The enemy just wanted to stop that from happening. And so I'm not going to let that stop happening. Uh, If all you can pray is help, then pray that. If all you can pray is the name of Jesus, then pray that, but pray it out loud. Max Licato said Our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of the prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers make a difference. Isn't that cool? It does not matter how feeble, how stupid our prayers sound to us. Our, the power in prayer is not in us saying it. It is in him who hears it. And if we really believe that he can do something, then say it out loud. Then speak it. Speak it over your kids. I love hearing parents Pray at restaurants. I love seeing some of us here, like the seagulls, be with their kids and teach them the things of God. So start praying over your family. Pray over your boyfriend and girlfriend. I know that there are some professors at Vanguard that don't agree with this, but I think one of the best things you can do together is pray. Because if you're praying, you're probably not playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Your prayer only matters because of the one who is listening to it. I feel like I'm no good at praying. Well, cool, that's fine. It doesn't matter. You're praying to a God who is good. I feel like I don't pray with enough power. Well, that's fine. You're praying to a powerful God. He hears that and he will use your prayer. Jeremiah 33.3 says this, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Your prayers, notice this, I wanna make sure I'm right. Call to me and I'll answer, show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your prayers aren't great and mighty. God's answer to your prayers is. When we pray, it says he will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. So the context of this, by the way, is, is Jeremiah saying, God, I don't know what to do. He's like, cool, don't worry. Call to me, I'll answer, and I'll show you great and mighty things. You don't need to have it all figured out before to God, before you go to God. In fact, it's probably quite the opposite. That I go to God and I say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't, we have this decision that we have to make, and I need your wisdom. God, I need to hear your voice. I need to know what to say in this meeting. God, I need to know what to say to my boss. I need to know what to say to my wife. I need to know what to say to my kids. Like, the, go to God before you go to anybody else. The power in prayer is not in your, in your, I'm sorry, the power is not in your prayer. The power is in the one we pray to. God knows my heart, so why do I have to pray it out loud, Pastor Kyle? Yes, God knows your heart, and that should settle it. But you know what? That's not prayer. Prayer is speaking it out, and I'll tell you why. Prayer is birthed in the heart, but it must come out of your mouth. My my youth pastor, I just talked about him for a second, he taught me this. Uh, He asked me to lead the pre-service prayer um, for our youth group for a while, And he said, I want you to have everybody stand in a circle, and I want you to have them pray, and I want you to pray out loud. Everybody prays out loud. And you know what I found? It does two things. It focuses you. When you pray out loud, you kind of drown everybody else out. Everybody thinks like, oh, no, they're going to hear me. They're going to hear my poor prayer language. They're going to hear my feeble attempts at praying. But it focuses you. When you pray out loud, you have to think about what you're saying. And then it also does this. It encourages people. When people hear you pray, all of a sudden it's like, man, I can do this too. I want to get in on this. I need God to move in my life. It focuses you and it encourages people. So when you pray out loud, you hear it. God hears it. Your surrounding hears it. But I think an added benefit to praying out loud is the enemy hears it. It says, at the mention of his name, he will flee. So when I pray, when I get ready to pray, I say, in the name of Jesus. And I say it out loud because I want him to get out. I need every stronghold that I'm coming up against to get out. I need every demon that we're praying against to get out. I need every frustration in my heart to get out. And so I pray out loud. I love that we get to do this at dinner. We do it uh, together at bedtime. We will pray randomly over different situations in our lives, but it pushes back the darkness. It pushes back anxiety and fear and the attack of the enemy. There is power in your words. To point number two, say thank you. Say thank you. Jesus modeled this when he raised Lazarus from the dead. John chapter 11, verse 44 says this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Isn't it cool that he acknowledges God the Father? That you have heard me, but he thanked him for doing it. So start thanking him. This is the will of God to be thankful in all things. That's what we read at the beginning, right? Rejoice, pray, and be thankful in all things. Psalm 100 says, Shout shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Isn't that cool? Did you know this? Did you know that God's presence has a protocol? Fun fact for you. If, if well, President Clinton is in Irvine today. He's in the hospital. If you were going to go see him at the hospital, you would probably have to go through some hoops to get to him. I mean, you'd have to wear the right thing, say the right thing, probably wear eight masks. Uh, You'd probably have to go through a screening process. There is a protocol to being in the presence of power. Did you know that the same is true for church? That the same is true for the presence of God that we carry with us. You don't have to come before him with formal clothes on or on a specific day, but you must come before him with gratitude and with singing. This is why we sing songs first in church, by the way. This is not a karaoke time up here that we get together. Believe me, this this takes work, okay? (laughs) This is an opportunity that we have to follow the protocol that God laid out for us. That's why it's so important to be... On, or on time to church. I, I try never to criticize, but do your best to get here early. Don't be on time, be early. Because when we are all together, the energy shifts. I can tell you this, when there are four people in this room at the beginning, when we start singing the songs, it is difficult to have a smile on your face. It just is. Because we enjoy this when we're all together and the room is buzzing. So get here early because I guarantee you, if you knew that God was going somewhere and you were gonna go see him, you would not be late. You'd set your alarm, you'd brush your teeth, you'd comb your hair, you'd put on nice clothes and you'd get your butt wherever he was and you'd be there early knocking on the door when they open. That's what this place needs to be. I want to start this in our church as a cultural shift for us that we show up early, we stay late, not for the sake of building and 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 set up and tear down. We want the presence of God to be here in a real and powerful way. And sometimes you can feel it better when you're all together. And then he says, come before me with gladness and thanksgiving. He says, I want shouting, singing, gladness, thanksgiving, and praise. That's what it says. Shouting and singing, those are choices to engage. So we don't stand here and worship. You turn graves into gardens. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who... Oh, man, my phone's ringing. You'd never do that if God was in the room. And so my prayer over you regularly is, God, let us be aware of your presence in the room with us. Because if we're singing to the God that we believe can raise people from the dead and heal people and set people free and forgive people from sin, then why are we showing up late? Why aren't we participating? And why aren't we staying to see what God will do? Gladness, thanksgiving, and praise. That's the attitude of receiving. You can receive something when you have that posture. So start by saying thank you. Point number three, say the word. Say the word. Say it out loud. Say thank you and say the word. The word is the language of your prayer life. I remember praying years ago, God, help me change the language of my prayer because I felt like I was in a routine, always saying the same thing, always saying the same thing, and I had nowhere else to go. And then all of a sudden I realized, like, if you open up the Bible to the book of Psalm, you can read prayers from, from David and from other psalmists. And the things that they have gone through kind of apply to us. It's fantastic. That you can read these prayers and you can pray these things. So how do you pray? Read the word. Fill your mind with it. Wash your soul in his word. And then out of filling your mind with the word comes your prayers. John chapter 15 says this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Eventually, if you're spending enough time in the word of God, your will surrenders to his, and you begin to pray and ask his will, and that's what he wants to do anyway. So we become co-laborers with Christ. You'll start praying from a place of knowing the established will of God, and then you'll start getting More yeses than nos. Because I believe this. I believe every prayer gets answered. We sometimes like to think that if it doesn't go our way, God didn't answer our prayer. No, no, he just said no. (laughs) Dad taught us this when we were kids. God will say yes, no, and wait. Sometimes he's just going to say, yes, that's what I want for you. I'm going to give it to you. Sometimes it's a direct, nope, that ain't for you next time, chief. And then sometimes he'll say, wait, this is for you, but you're not ready for it. You're ready for it, but that's not ready for it yet. Yes, no, and wait. And you can tell that you are, are growing in your maturity as a believer when you start praying the will of God and you start seeing more yeses than noes. Again, this, isn't, this is not me saying that God's yes is automatically you're maturing. But when you pray the will of God and you know you're praying the will of God, and you start seeing those things come to pass, it grows this maturity in you. It, it, it raises up your faith. I want to practice this with you real quick. Practice prayer in church? Yeah, I want to do this with you right now. Let's practice praying over, um, over fear. What's a scripture that goes with fear? Um, Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the prayer to go along with that is, Father, I I thank you. Remember, we're saying it out loud. We're going to thank him, and we're going to pray the word. Father, I thank you that I don't have to fear evil. I thank you that you are with me. Even in this Valley. Even in this circumstance, you will provide. You will anoint. You're going to let me prosper because I lack nothing. That's a great prayer. That's a great prayer over fear. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. That means two things. One, fear is a spirit. Two, fear is not from God. If God did not give you a spirit of fear, it is a spirit, but he did not give it to you. So get it out. Father, I thank you that this fear that I'm feeling right now is not from you. These sleepless nights that I'm dealing with are not from you. This panic attack that I'm going through right now is not from you, and I'm releasing it. I'm resisting it by releasing the spirit of power and love and sound mind over because that is who you made me to be. You need healing? Let's pray for healing. Isaiah chapter 53, five says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. So Father, I thank you that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ, that you are restoring me physically and mentally and spiritually and emotionally. I am healed in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 10, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus, I thank you that I'm a part of the all. Jesus, I'm thankful up front that I am a part of the all. It says you went around doing good and healing all and hot dog guys, we are part of all. So, Father, I'm, I'm asking you to, to heal me. I'm believing for a healing in my body right now. Finances, you want to pray over finances? Let's pray over that. Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Don't just tell Jesus, help, I'm broke. <laughs> I've prayed it before. I have. Guys, we got down to $0 in our bank account three years ago yesterday. You know how I know? Because three years ago yesterday, we held the very first small group of Legacy Church in our living room. We had seven people three years ago. We gave everything. We drained our bank account. We bought so many hot dogs, it wasn't even funny. I bought enough hot dogs for 30 or 40 people, and we had seven people come. You want to pray over your finances? I've prayed over mine. First of all, tithe. Don't pray over your finances without disobeying or with disobeying. Tithe. And I I don't say this mean. I I just, I'm going to lay out scripture for you. The Bible says that we bring the tithe to the storehouse. That means 10% comes to the church. 10%, you guys need to know this, 10% of everything that I make comes here. Or it goes to our network because I have a license and and that's the way it works. 10% of everything that Brittany makes, even her commissions, comes here. 10% of everything that Pastor Phil and Pastor Barbara make comes here. And then I'll let you know a little secret. We go above and beyond. 10% isn't enough for me. I need more of God in my life. I'm willing to give him everything. I'll drain my bank account again tomorrow. It doesn't bug me. If seven more people will come to know Jesus, I'll drain my bank account. But I believe this, we can pray over our finances and it can look like this. Father, I thank you that you will provide all my needs because of your glory and your abundance. I thank you that I have everything that I need. That does not mean that I'm gonna get a Bentley. It does not mean that when we pray for for Uh, blessing or prosperity on us that you're automatically going to get a jet. But if you do, hook it up. I gotta get on flights this week and I'm sick of Southwest. Um, I think that if we will turn these things over, our fear, our anxiety, our health, our circumstances, our finances, all of these over to God, we will be better for it. You go back to the word. Jesus calls himself the word. You go back to the word with the word. You can quote him to himself. He wants to hear it from his kids. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says this, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That means at all times, all that you need, you're not just good at the beginning of the month, you're good at the end of the month. You got more money than months. Come on, somebody. Anybody need more money than month? You don't have to stress out that the first is coming. You got to pay your bills. You don't have to stress out that your car payment is coming up. You're covered. You have all that you need. Sometimes it's wisdom that you need. Did you know that God will release wisdom with your pocketbook opening up? You start pouring out your finances, God will start pouring out blessing. That's the way it works. This means that if there is a good work that needs to be done, I can sow into it. I know we're, we're about to start a new series in a couple of weeks uh, with our expansion offering that we do at the end of each year. We're going into 2022 with a ton of faith that God's gonna move, that God's gonna expand, that he's gonna multiply our efforts and that he's gonna grow his church. Start praying now. God, What would you have me? what would you have me give? Because there is a good work and I cannot wait to share with you the good work that God is doing right now in our church and through our church. But there is a good work that God is going to to reveal to us, and we will be able to give to it if we have our finances in order. It's going to take praying over our finances. You want to pray over one more thing together? Salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 13 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Notice that you can't be saved without speaking it out loud. That's just the way it works. It says you have to confess with your mouth. That's why it's important to pray out loud. God demands it. He wants it for us. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'd love it if you bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray this one together. Because I think it's important not just that we learn what to pray, we actually learn how to pray. And we're going to say it together. We're going to believe this together. But I know that there are people here in this room that would consider themselves a Christian, that you need to take this prayer seriously and give your life back to God. And really, really commit your life to Christ. There are people here who who may not have ever said this prayer before. And now's your time. This is your chance. There are people who are watching with us online that you need to come to Christ for the first time or you need to rededicate your life to Christ right now. And today is your moment. This is it. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I believe in you and I call on your name. I believe in my heart that you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. So I'll give you my life. I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer, we want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. Will you raise your hand if you said that prayer for the first time or are rededicating your life? That's awesome. Very cool. Hey, if you are online and you said it, would you do me a favor and put the little raised hand emoji? We want to connect with you, but please make sure that you get a Bible. If you need one, you can chat with Kellen in the back. He's got Bibles for, uh, for all of you. Go back to the Word with the Word. There is now no excuse in our church for not knowing how to pray and pray continually. If you ever get stuck... Start at the beginning and pray through this thing. And I guarantee you, it'll take you a while. You can pray continually if you'll go back to the word with the word. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you that you choose to speak to us, that you use us, but then, God, you also want to do things in us. And so, Father, I pray that this week we would speak to you out loud in our rooms, in our cars, in our bathrooms, in our kitchens, in our businesses, in our, in our uh, walking around everyday life, that we would speak to you. And then that, God, you would answer us, that you would help us to know your will to pray the fervent and effective prayer that gets answered. Help us, lead us, guide us. We ask these things in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said together, amen, amen. Hey, guys, I know we went a little bit long today, but I'm, I'm grateful that you stuck through this with us because I think this is a message that needs to be heard for our church, and this is a now word for us. I want to encourage you, pray every day this week, and whatever your normal time spent in prayer is, double or triple it see what happens. I guarantee you there are people in this room that could pray 30, 45, and 60 minutes at a time if you'd commit yourself to it. You know how I know? Because I know you can watch 30, 45, or 60 minutes worth of TV shows. I know you can scroll for that long. So let's try building up our prayer life together because I believe this, the only way that we are going to step into the next season of what God wants to do in and through Legacy Church is by prayer it's it. It's going to require us to live right. It's going to require us to give. But if we don't pray, if we do not ask for God's hand of blessing on us, if we do not speak the word to the word, we can't go anywhere. And I'll just be truthful with you. I'm hungry to see people healed and set free. I want to see people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to see more people baptized in water before the end of the year is over. I want to see more people come to know Jesus. I want to see more people take the next step in their faith. I want to see more people begin to tithe regularly. I want to see more people. Did you know that if we tithed regularly, we wouldn't know what to do with the money? Instead of going month to month, I'm not saying we're month to month. We've we've really done well overall. That is not an excuse to stop. If we all tithe, we could buy a building. If we all tithed, we could bless the city of Tustin like it's never been blessed before. If we all tithed, we could help the rescue mission. If we all tithed, if we all prayed together, we could start seeing people healed and set free, people filled with hope, people filled with the Holy Spirit. If we started praying together, we could see chains of addiction be broken. We could see generations shifted. We could see families come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's what I'm about. So I'm asking you this. If we all got in a line and you make me go first, we can cover a lot of ground. But if you'll stand side by side with me and you'll link arms with me. If you'll link arms with the staff and we'll walk together in a line this way, we can cover so much more ground. So I'm asking you to partner with me. Partner with us. Begin to pray and and, and let God speak to your heart. And then do yourself a favor and write those things down so you can go back to them. Amen? God bless us as we go. We know we're in your presence. We're not leaving your presence. We're leaving this place. Be with us. Lead us. Guide us. Go before us. Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys are dismissed. Thank you for being here with us today. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars in the description. You can find the website, the socials and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.